Well, thank you. Thank you for that welcome. It's so good to be here with you today as we finish off our series, Better Together. And I thought, um, as well as Karen's wonderful uh, introduction to me, I thought I'd introduce myself to you, because a lot of you may not know me. And I thought I'd do that by way of a couple of pictures. So let's stick the first one up here. So this first picture, this is where I live. Uh, this is not this building exactly, that's King's College, Cambridge vs. Cancer. I, I live in Cambridge, Annabelle and myself have been down there for nine years, part of the church. But before that, uh, I was at university, and this second picture shows me uh, graduating as a vet, a very blurry picture, thanks for that one, Dad. Um, but this was my, my graduation a few years ago. But before that even, this third picture, this is where I'm from originally, this is the Lake District, Cumbria, home for me. You may detect a very occasional northern accent, not so much as Simon, but he's trying to teach it back into me down in Cambridge. But, um, and this picture was actually taken recently. Annabelle and I were up in uh, the Lake District in May half term, and we, we went on this walk, and it's a beautiful walk. It's a ridge walk, so you kind of go up one hill, down another, and then up a second, until you reach the fourth one, which is the highest one. And uh, it, was, it was part of the heat wave, a beautiful sunny day, and so we were, we were out walking, and we set off. We were full of life. We were full of energy, and we absolutely bombed up that first hill. Then we got to the top of the second really quickly as well, but when we hit the second one, we were, we were flagging a little bit. So we, we got the Mars bar, out our bag. We had an energy boost. I don't know about you, but I never normally eat Mars bars except when I'm walking, but it, it did the job. Uh, it got us going to the top of the third one. And then when we got to the third one, we could see the fourth. We could see the finish line. We just had to go down this big down, up this big up, and we were going to be there. So, so we set off and pushing up this fourth, tired legs, uh, eventually got to the top and had this amazing view behind us which is worth the whole trip, gave us energy and strength for the long journey all the way back around to the car. And uh, I'm not just telling you this story as a bit of uh, self-indulgence. There's a reason behind it. The reason I wanted to tell you this story is because this walks a little bit like life at times. I realized as I was preparing to be with you today, sometimes in life, we're absolutely flying, aren't we? Sometimes we're full of life, we're full of energy, we're full of passion. We get up in the morning and we can't wait for what the day is going to bring. But then there's other times in life, isn't there, when it's, when it's a bit hard, <laughs> when we're lacking that motivation, when we're lacking passion, when stuff's going on, circumstances are inside of us, and we need extra strength to keep going. But just like in that walk, when we had a Mars bar, or when we took a breather, we got energy for the next level, I also believe there's things that happen to us in life that give us grace and strength to keep going. And one of those things, I think, is encouragement. Encouragement. You know, Paul wrote to the church, to the Thessalonians, and he said these words. He said, so encourage one another and build each other up just as you are already doing. So encourage one another. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today, encouragement. In the Oxford English Dictionary, it says that encouragement is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. The Cambridge English Dictionary, which I prefer slightly better because I'm a bit biased, says encouragement is words or behavior that make something more likely to happen. Make it more likely to happen. You know, I want to combine those two together and give you a definition of encouragement, which is encouragement is strength that enables. Encouragement is strength that enables. Encouragement is when someone draws a line alongside you, gives you energy, gives you courage, gives you strength so that you can do all the things that God has for you to do, so that you can be all that God has for you to be. And you know, you may be here today and you may be struggling in life. Life may be hard at the moment. And I just want to say, I believe that encouragement, the encouragement that we can bring to one another is going to help you on this next step of the journey. 
Or you may be here today and you may say, Chris, you know what? Life's actually, life's great at the moment. Life's going well. Well, as I was preparing for this, I was, I was looking into some research, and they've proven that in different fields, in, in sport, in academics, in business, encouragement actually helps take us from, from good to great. Encouragement can take you from where you currently are to even better. We all need this encouragement. You know, Paul was a master encourager. He loved to do it. We see it all through his letters in the New Testament. But I love what he writes here in this verse. He says, so encourage each other. He doesn't say, get encouragement from one another. He doesn't say, ask for encouragement from one another. He says, you do it. You go. You encourage. You be the strength that someone else needs. And trust that as we grow better together, they're going to be the encourager to you that you need. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at Paul, I want to look at his life, and I want to draw out four ways in which we can grow better together at being encouragers. But before that, let me pray. Father, I want to thank you that you have brought us here today on this bank holiday for a reason, and I want to thank you that you are our greatest encourager. And I pray that as we listen today, would you speak your encouragement into our hearts, and would you open us up to be the encouragers that you want us to be, bringing your joy, bringing your strength, and bringing your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, four ways that we can be better encouragers. And the first one is this, and I think this is really the foundational thing that we need to get. The first thing is this, we need to see the best in each other. We need to see the best in each other. Paul was an amazing man. He was an amazing encourager, but he didn't always live life that way. When we first meet Paul in the Bible, we see him as someone who, rather than encouraging Christians, was persecuting them. He was someone who went around the countries finding Christians, arresting them, and even having some of them executed. But then Paul has this amazing encounter with Jesus. His life turns around. He starts loving Jesus. He loves Christians. He's sharing the good news wherever he goes. And all's going well. Except for the fact that the disciples, Jesus' friends, they're a little bit skeptical about Paul. They've heard the stories. They know his reputation. They don't really believe that he is a changed man. And then we read this beautiful story. It says, back in Jerusalem, he, that's Paul, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They didn't trust him one bit. Then Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced him to the apostles and stood up for him, told them how Saul, that's Paul, had seen and spoken to the master on the Damascus road, and how in Damascus itself he had laid his life on the line with his bold preaching in Jesus' name. After that, he was accepted as one of them. You know, Paul was the same person to the disciples and Barnabas. He was the same person, but they saw different things and they acted in different ways. And I think the reason for that is the the key to encouragement is not what we see, but how we look. The key to encouragement is not what we see, but it's what we go looking for in others. Harper Lee, who is a great American novelist, put it this way. She said, people see what they look for. People see what they look for. And it's almost like the disciples and Barnabas, they had different sets of glasses on. It's almost like the disciples, they had these dark glasses over their eyes when they looked at Paul. You can still, I can still see you, so don't worry, I'm still looking. They had these dark glasses on that it didn't stop them seeing, but it obscured their vision. It darkened their vision. It meant that when they were looking at Paul, they saw all the bad things, the negative things, the things he had done, who he had been. And you know, in life, we can be looking through these dark glasses at times, can't we? I know for myself personally, I find this a challenge. I can be walking down the street and I make snap decisions about people just based on what I see in front of me. 
I can be on social media and I can see things that people are posting and I'm picking out the worst in what they're saying. Even in a church context, we can be around, and I, I find, I know this is a bit of a confession, sometimes people can annoy me, and I'm sure I sometimes annoy people, but we can see the worst in people. Sometimes we're wearing these dark glasses. But Barnabas, Barnabas was different. Barnabas put those dark glasses away. He had a different perspective. He was wearing what I want to call his encouragement glasses. What do you think? His encouragement glasses, these weren't dark and these weren't obscure. These were clear and meant that he could see Paul the way that God saw him. He could see the gifts that were in Paul. He could see the potential that was in Paul. He could see the spiritual truth about Paul. And you know, if ever I find myself wearing my dark glasses, then I have to remind myself, Chris, put on your encouragement glasses. Go looking for the best. Go seeing the best in each other. If it's just someone walking down the street and I find myself in my head thinking negative thoughts, I find, it might sound silly, but I find something to celebrate about them. Maybe it's, maybe it's something little like their shoes or their smile. I find something to encourage because it does something in my heart. It does something to my perspective. When I'm in church, if someone's rubbing against me, if I've maybe not had enough sleep or not enough to eat and I'm getting annoyed seeing the negative, I stop. And I remind myself of the goodness that's in them. I remind myself of the times when I've seen them serve, of their kindness, of their gentleness. And I also remind myself of the spiritual reality about that person, that they're made in the image of God that they're a son or a daughter of the King of Kings, that they are loved and adored by him. And the Bible says that if they're a Christian, they're a new creation. The old, that's gone. That's not them anymore. They are a new creation. You know, Barnabas had these encouragement glasses on, and this is the heart of our Christian faith. This is the heart of Christianity, that God looks at us and he sees us. And we make mistakes, we have insecurities and hangups, but God sees us and he sees the beauty that is in us. I want to tell you today, God sees the beauty in you. He sees the gold in you. He says, yet yeah, you may have made those mistakes, but that's not who you are. I see who you are. And if you would come to me, I'm going to make your life into something beautiful. I want to say to us today, Kingsgate, let's get our encouragement glasses on. Let's commit to seeing the best in each other. There is gold in the person on the left of you and the right of you, in your team members, in your life group members. And if we will see the best, then I think we're halfway there to becoming the great encouragers that Paul was. So first we've got to see it, but we can't stop there. Then we've got to say it. We need to speak encouraging words to one another. You know, Paul learned from Barnabas. He became amazing at seeing the best in the people around him. But he didn't just stop there. What we see in Paul's letters is he loved to tell the people that he knew how amazing they were. Listen to these words to the church again at Thessalonica. He says this to them, Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. We're so proud of you. You're so steady and determined in your faith, despite all the hard times that have come down on you. Now, just, just imagine what the church of Thessalonica would have felt like when they read those words. Can you imagine the picture they're reading? They're like, hey, do you see what Paul says about us? Yeah, he says we're bold. He says we're faithful. He says we're growing. He's proud of us. He's proud of me. Yeah, he's even proud of you. <laughs> would have brought them so much life because we love it, don't we? When people speak encouraging words, words of life to us. I know I do. Annabelle and I went on holiday for a couple of weeks, and even just in the week since I've been back, I can remember encouraging words that people have spoken to me and given me life. I was chatting to one of my neighbors, and uh, just in the middle of conversation, he stopped and he was like, you know what, Chris, you're a good man. You're a good man. I was like, whoa, strength rising within me. 
I came back to Cambridge Church last Sunday. I walked through the doors and was just surrounded with, hey, it's good to see you, Chris. It's so good to have you back, accompanied by smiles and hugs, pats on the back. I felt strength rising within me. And you know, in Proverbs, we see this truth written down in words. It said, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. It's true, isn't it? When we hear words, it builds us up. And when we speak them to others, it builds them up too. Let's encourage one another with our words. But, but just a little note here, this isn't flattery. This isn't flattery. This isn't telling people what we think they want to hear, telling them things that aren't actually true. In Proverbs, it says, to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. Paul tells us to encourage and build up. Well, flattery actually does the opposite. Flattery cuts the feet out from under those that we're speaking words to. And nowhere do I think we see this more evidently than in the X Factor. Yeah, I have been known to watch X Factor from time to time, and and I can remember those uh, amusing yet excruciatingly painful moments when someone gets up on stage, and, uh, and you can tell for their whole life they've been told, you're an amazing singer, you can do it, you should apply for the X Factor, you've got the X Factor, you're going to win it. And so they get up and, and they've got this strength, but it's a false strength. <laughs> because when they open their mouths and sing, you soon realize those words that have been told to them, they're lies. It's flattery, and they soon get the legs cut from under them by Simon Cowell or one of the other judges who's in a bad mood. This isn't flattery. Let's not speak lies and words that we think others want to hear, but let's see the best in each other, and let's call it out of them. I love that Paul, he would say the best to the people to their face, but what we also see of Paul is he spoke encouraging words, in a sense, behind their back. He was bigging them up all the time. In this letter to the Thessalonians, right after he told them, you know what, you're strong, you're doing great, I'm proud of you, he then says these words, we tell everyone we meet in the churches all about you. We tell everyone we meet all about you. I love this. Paul is going on an all-out, bigging-up mission of this Thessalonian church. You can imagine him going to the church at Ephesus, like, hey, have you seen those Thessalonians? They're amazing. They're doing so well. To the, the church at Corinth, hey, you should see the example that they're setting. And this is another way that we can get strength. Have any of you ever had a moment when someone's bigged you up, either to your face or, or maybe behind your back? Even just before I came up, just Karen speaking those words, just filling me with strength, filling me with life as I was coming onto this stage. As a member of staff here, I have the privilege of being part of Staff Chapel every Monday, and we spend 15, 20 minutes celebrating what God has done, but also celebrating what you have done in the church that week. And as many of you here, I don't know your names. I wouldn't recognize you, but can I tell you, I know your stories because someone has bigged you up behind your back. I know the stories of when you turned up to church and you were just going to come, but then your team needed someone to serve. So you threw on a t-shirt and you got serving. I know the stories of life groups that banded together and gave sacrificially to buy a washing machine for someone that needs it. You may not know it, but this staff team, the volunteers, they are bigging you up behind your back. So let's be a church that does this. Let's give strength by telling the best in each other to other people. But you know, there's also a deeper level of encouragement, a deeper level of encouraging words that we can share to every single person, whether we know them well or not, whether we see the gifts that are in them or not, and that is spiritual words of life, words of truth straight from the Bible. Paul loved doing this. If you open his letter to the Ephesians, the first three chapters are just full of it. He's telling them, he's like, you know what? Jesus loves you. You're saved. You're forgiven. You're a masterpiece. He loves you. You're seated in the heavenly places with him. And so we can also share these words with others. 
If people come to us and they say, you know what, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling a little bit weighed down and we can share scriptural truth that God can raise you up on wings like eagles. He can give you strength in this moment. If we're feeling guilty or ashamed about things that we have done, then, then why not draw alongside and bring words saying there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If we're feeling alone or discouraged, then come alongside and say, you know what, nothing can separate you from God's love. His love is enough. He's greater. He is stronger. He is more powerful. These are all truths that we can share with each other to encourage, strengthen, and build those up around us. So first, we need to see it. Then we need to say it. And thirdly, we need to spur on each other. Spur on each other. The writer to the Hebrews picks up this theme of encouragement, but in slightly different words. And he says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur one another on. For anyone who doesn't know what spurs are, there's a little picture of spurs uh, hopefully coming up behind you. And spurs were things, and, and they're used in horse riding, um, and they'd be worn on the heels of the rider. And as you can see, they're quite sharp, they're quite pointy, and they'd be used to, to dig in to the horse's belly. And they were designed to nudge and encourage and redirect the horse to where it's supposed to go. And in case you can't realize by looking at this picture, spurs could hurt. <laughs> Spurs could sometimes dig in and niggle away a little bit at the horse in order to encourage it, give it strength, and direct it. And you know, Paul was a master at this. He spoke encouraging words. He gave people strength that way. But also, you know what, because he so saw the best in other people, but sometimes he saw the people weren't living up to it, he chose to encourage through spurring them on. Here's a few choice words to one of the churches. Paul says this, I have a serious concern to bring up with you, my friends. Your flip and caress arrogance in these things bothers me. You pass it off as a small thing, but it's anything but that. And, and the reason that Paul says these words, again, it's not to tear down, but he's saying this to them because he wants the best for them, because he knows the potential in them, because he wants to strengthen them and build them up. He says, I'm not writing all this as a neighborhood scold to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as I love you, and I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. He so saw the best, he so wanted the best, that he wasn't afraid at times to dig in his heels, to call things out, and to encourage people to be who they were truly made to be. And you, you may have noticed that the preachers can do this on occasion. Sometimes you'll be there on a Sunday, and, and the person on stage, like myself, might say these words to you. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? And let me tell you, if anyone ever says those words to you from the front, the things that's going to follow, it's not going to be warm. It's not going to be gooey. It's not necessarily going to make you feel good. It might niggle and hurt. It might convey a bit of challenge. But the reason that happens is because there's good in you. There's more in you. And preachers want to call it out. But you know there's something even greater and even more effective than me standing at the front and saying these things to you. And that's if we will say them to each other. If we will be a church where we so love one another, where we form friendships that are close enough, where when we see the other person doing something that's harmful to themselves or others, not lining up with who God says they are, we wouldn't be afraid to say, hey, let me spur you on. Can I encourage you? And this doesn't come naturally to many of us. In fact, it certainly doesn't come that naturally to me. For some of us, it's too easy. We're spurring all over the shop. But for most of us, it's, we find it a little bit awkward. And I think that's because at times we don't have it done that well to us. We've experienced times, I know I've experienced times, where, where someone's come alongside and instead of a little gentle dig in the ribs, they've proper kicked me. And, uh, and I felt attacked, I felt accused, I felt discouraged, not encouraged. But thankfully there's also been other times in my life where this has been done well. 
when someone who I love has drawn alongside me, where they've brought a truth that I need to hear, even though I maybe didn't want to hear it, where they've spoken these words with gentleness, accompanied by encouraging words, but not being afraid to call something out of me. Because, you know, we all have blind spots. We all have parts of our life that either we don't see or we choose to ignore. I can remember once I was uh, coming back to my car. I'd parked, very beautifully parallel parked, I'd like to say, and um, I got in it, turned on the engine, checked my mirrors, and was just about to pull out, and I just heard behind me this honk, this loud noise as a car shot past that I hadn't seen because I hadn't checked my blind spot. I hadn't looked in my blind spot, and I almost got taken out. It's the same with us. You know, I want people that are close enough to me to call out the gold in me, to see the best, but to see where I'm not quite matching up and to encourage me to do that. So I'm trying to do that for others. I'm trying to learn how to draw alongside with grace and truth and kindness and say, hey, you know what? Because I love you, because you're better than this, can I just share something with you? This might hurt a little bit, but know that I'm sharing because I love you and want the best for you. And so King said, can I encourage you? (laughs) Can I encourage us all today? Let's be forming these friendships. Let's be developing these relationships where we're not afraid to dig in our heels, to spur on so that others can become all that God has created them to be. So let's see it. Let's say it. Let's spur on. And finally, number four, let's pray for one another. Let's pray for one another. You know, Paul loved praying for the people that he knew. We see it all over his letters. At the start of his letter to the Colossians, he says this, Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we have not stopped praying for you. Or the letter to the Ephesians, he says this, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. I pray for you constantly. And I find these words so, so, so challenging. Because, you know, prayer, in one sense, is so easy to do, but it's also so easy to forget. And I know that there are times in life when, I've, when someone's drawn alongside me, when they've said, hey, you know what, Chris, I need a bit of strength and encouragement, and they've shared something with me, and, and, and I've gone, okay, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And then I've walked off, I've gone home, I've had my lunch, and I've forgotten. I want to be someone, I have the right heart, but I want to be someone who is actually praying for those that I tell them I'm going to pray for. Because this is the example that Paul sets. And Paul knows the power of prayers and encouragement, because prayer does several things. Firstly, when we stand alongside someone and pray, it tells them that they're valuable and important enough for us to stop what we're doing, to listen, to care, and to pray for them. The second thing prayer does is it redirects attention onto God. It redirects. When we get discouraged, we tend to look in and within ourselves. But what prayer does is it lifts our eyes to the reality that there is a God who loves us and cares for us and is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And the third thing prayer does is it brings that power, it brings that strength of God into play, into that person's life, into whatever situation they need encouragement in. And I love that Paul did this. He did this all the time because he knew the power of it. You know what? If you came to me in the atrium and you shared something with me that was going hard, you needed encouragement, I would do my best to encourage you. I'd speak words of life that hopefully would build you up. I'd share scriptural truth with you. But you know what? If in that moment I stopped and I prayed... And I brought the power of God to play in your life. God's strength, God's words, God's encouragement. All of us combined cannot do what God can do in someone's life. Let's be a church in this 30 days of prayer coming up that pray for one another. For those that we know just need a fresh touch from God. Let's be praying. But also, as we're praying, let's be listening. Let's be listening out to what God is saying about that person. As I said, my words can bring life, but God's words can bring so much more life. And the Bible calls this prophecy. 
getting God's insight, God's perception on a person. Paul says this, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Some of the biggest encouragement in my life has come when someone has stopped, prayed for me, but then just shared what they felt God was saying. Maybe in the form of a word or a sense or a a scripture that they feel is particularly important to me at that time. This is what we see Paul doing for those that he loved, for those he knew. But also what we see Paul doing is he prayed for them, but then he told them he was praying for them as well. He said, you know what, I'm praying for you. And so as we pray, as we're at home maybe thinking about our friends, listening to God and what God wants to say, why not drop him a text and say, hey, you know what, I'm standing with you in this time. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. There was a time... Uh, only about a month ago, actually, when, when I was going through quite a, quite a hard time, there were quite a lot of things going on, I was feeling discouraged. And um, I just remember I got, this, I got this card through the post. And uh, it's a card from this, this wonderful lady who I barely know. We've interacted a little bit over email, but I've never met her. She's never met me, but she sent me this card. And she said, Dear Chris, just a quick line from us here to say that you are especially in our prayers here today. May you know God's blessing in the ministry he has placed on your heart there and the fruit of your work. And in that moment, I just overflowed with strength and joy and life because I realized, number one, there was someone out there who was listening to God for me, who was praying for me. But it also just showed me, you know what, there is a God and he sees me in my hard times. He sees me in my discouragement and he wants to come and encourage me. And he wants to come and encourage you today. So as we draw this message to a close, I just want to go back to to that walk that Annabelle and I did in summer. That walk that we did, I know I can picture it very vividly, and I know there were times on that walk where I needed strength, where I needed a Mars bar, (laughs) where I needed a break, when I needed to just see the view and see the bigger picture of what was going on in order to get strength for the next step in my life. And I know in my life there have been moments when I've needed strength, when I've needed encouragement, when I've needed words, I've needed prayers to give me strength to be all that God has created me to be, to do all the plans and purposes he has for me. And it's because of that that I want to grow in this. I want to be a better encourager than I already am. And I love the words of Paul when he writes this. He says, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you are already doing. And I want to say to you, Kingsgate, Well done for all that you're doing. The words of Paul so apply, just as you are already doing. I walked through the doors this morning, and I was just overcome with words of encouragement. Great to see you, Chris. Can't wait to hear you preach. They haven't even heard me. They've never heard me preach, but they're they're still encouraging. In the prayer meeting, there's people standing alongside, laying on hands. I was getting texts from friends this morning, encouraging me. You are already such amazing encouragers. But just, just imagine with me what it would look like if we all took it to the next level, if we all said, you know what, I'm good at encouragement, but I want to be great because I want to see my friends and my family and my life group and my team and even my neighborhoods and my neighbors, those I work with, go to the next level and be strengthened in what God has for them. And with this 30 days of blessing coming up, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel a little, a little bit competitive. You know, when I, when I have a challenge like that, I want to see just how many people can I bless in this time. And you know, I have also want to, want to sow the seeds of a little bit of center competitiveness. I believe Kingsgate Cambridge is going to be the most encouraging, most blessing church in this time. <laughs> Maybe not, but you know what I've realized? <laughs> you know what I've realized, apart from the fact that there's more of you than Cambridge? I've realized that if I take the words in Hebrews to heart, where it says, encourage one another daily, 
encourage one another daily. If I do that, I'm going to have a stack this big of people that I've encouraged just in those 30 days alone. If all of Cambridge decided to do that, then we'd have about 9,000 cards. The box we have won't contain 9,000 cards, so we've already blown that out the water. And you know what, Kingsgate Peterborough, if every single one of you here said, you know what, God, who do you want to encourage through me today? Who do you want me to give strength through today? You would have about 20,000 people just in this room alone. 20,000 encouraging words. 20,000 people who leave more strengthened than they were before. 20,000 people built up by your words and your prayers and your actions and your spurring. Who can you encourage today? Maybe there's someone in your life group that you know they're just going through a bit of a hard time and they need you to stand and pray with them and pray until the breakthrough comes. Maybe there's someone who you know and and you know what, you just haven't told them recently that you love them. You haven't told them how amazing you are. You haven't called out the goodness in them. Maybe it's as you go out of these doors and it's someone serving and, and you see them every week serving and you've never told them how much you appreciate what they do for you and what they do for this church. Maybe there's someone close to you a friend, someone in your your team, and you can see that the way they're heading, the choices they're making, are taking them away from the potential that they have. And actually today, the way that you can encourage them is by drawing alongside and saying, hey, you know what? You're better than this. Let's work on this together. I want to spur you on and encourage you into all that God has for you. Because if we all did this, if we all encouraged one another daily in this next season and beyond, there would be so many seeds of life sown. So many people strengthened and encouraged. So many built up and ready for the next step of their journey. So would you pray with me? Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you are an encourager. And I thank you that you want to work through us. And so I pray here today, just as we gather here, would you put onto our hearts, into our minds, someone that we can encourage today or tomorrow as we go back into work. Someone that we can bring life to. I pray, Father, would you help us to see people the way you see them? Would you give us that spiritual insight into the gold that is in them? Would you give us the wisdom to know what words to say at the right time? Would you give us generosity with our words, a freedom to share, not wondering how they're going to take it, not worrying they might take it the wrong way, just speaking life and truth and encouragement and hope over the people that we know? Would you help us to take the truth of the Bible, speaking out into others' lives? Father, I pray, would you help us to be building friendships that are strong enough to hold the weight of a bit of spurring? Would you give us courage? Would you give us courage to come alongside people and point them towards all that they have to be? And I pray in this time, would you give us hope and would you give us faith that as we pray for 30 days, that we are going to see things change, that we are going to see people's lives change, that we're going to see breakthrough come, we're going to see strength come, we're going to see life come in this place, in all of our Kingsgate centers and in our regions. So Father, we thank you, pray you would help us in this time to be the encouragers that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.